Hi, my name is Lauren Maxwell, and this is the audio version of We're All Friends Here, a weekly column for people asking life's big questions. This week, I am reading you the piece that was published on April 23rd on We're All Friends Here. It's called Sing to the Canyons That Echo Back. And it's all about the importance of reciprocity in friendship. Let's get started. Calling out in a space to see if it echoes back to you is one of those experiences that seems universal to childhood. You find yourself in a big room, or if you're lucky, a cave or a canyon, and call out to no one in particular. Hello! Hello? Hello out there! Then you pause and lift your ear to see if the canyon answers back. To your surprise and delight, it does. I do not know where I learned this impulse as a child. Did a parent show me? Did I see it on television? It is impossible to say. But I remember how the vibrations of sound washed over me and the pleasure of hearing my voice bounce from ground to sky in all its different shades. This echo is one example of reciprocity in nature. When you create sound waves and the conditions are right, they come back to you. If you are lucky, Reciprocity in relationships works the same way. You make time for others, and they make time for you. You show up for others in times of need, and they give you the same support. You demonstrate care and feel cared for in return. You bounce up and down on the seesaw because your partner is also invested in the ride. This balance is everywhere in the natural world, but occasionally among humans, we find it lacking. Relationships are never simple, and sometimes one party is too busy at work, too tied up with family, or too distracted to uphold their side of the bargain. When they get to the bottom of the seesaw, they do not pump their legs, which leaves you stranded in the air. A certain amount of stumbling is to be expected in relationship, and we all bestow grace upon people we love when life gets overwhelming. But when one side of a relationship falters repeatedly over time, and you find yourself feeling disappointed and even hurt more often than you would hope, there is no denying this truth. Continuing to devote yourself to a relationship that does not offer reciprocal care is like singing your most joyful song into a room that is acoustically dead. You call out, and nothing echoes back. I have found myself singing into some dead rooms over the years. My natural state is to be invested in relationship above most other things. I hold close friends like family and am predisposed to connection. So for me, the care and keeping of friends is top priority. Like many people who have been socialized as women, I am naturally giving 
and nurturing in relationship, a caretaker, someone who sends food or flowers in times of need if I cannot be with a friend in the same room. Sometimes I have learned I take this instinct too far. I push my own needs aside, squash them down, and smother them with a pillow to make sure others are happy and comfortable. I am not alone in this. I notice many people, especially women and minorities, in my life doing the same thing. The thing about needs is that if you ignore them, they will eventually grow little hands of their own, reach up, take hold of the pillow, and bash you over the head with it till you pay attention. For the most part, it brings me great pleasure and joy to care for my friends. It fills a need in its own way and feels like singing a soaring melody over a valley, especially when they sing the melody back. But I noticed that in some situations, I kept getting hurt. My disappointment was often small, but it took a toll. I wondered why I was stuck singing so many solos when I expected duets. Was I needy or requiring too much in relationship? My gut, and occasionally my therapist, said no. I remembered that some friends are happy to show up for me. Despite these questions, I kept investing myself in relationships that required me to do all the heavy lifting. I toiled in the name of friendship. In a few cases, I pushed my own needs aside and sang both my part of the song and the other person's. I was giving, they were taking, and the time I spent worrying about it was holding me back. Even though they were disappointing, the thought of letting those friendships that once felt so important fade was agonizing. I love my friends. How could I let them slip away? I continued to be their safe space, their event organizer, their confidant, their secret keeper, their pal who remembers to check in. I was there when they needed me, but when I needed someone, when life got hard, I often felt alone. It took some time, but eventually I realized that I can no longer offer my deepest care in situations that do not extend the same in return. It would be impossible to step fully into my joy and purpose if I keep prioritizing people who do not also prioritize me. It takes two to fan the flame of relationship. One of the most transformative moves I have made is giving myself permission to stop being the one in frustrating relational situations who always makes every effort. I am happy to meet people halfway, but I no longer allow myself to be the only person who tries. These days, I am choosing to invest my precious time, energy, and love into situations with a nourishing flow of mutual care. Contrary to my past beliefs, this shift does not make me unkind, nor does it make me disloyal. Instead, it directs my kindness and loyalty to myself, first of all. 
It conserves my energy and channels it towards things rooted in joy rather than struggle. Though the relationships in question have shifted and changed shape, for the most part, they have not ended. Unless the person was actively causing harm, which even among adults is occasionally the case, and once was for me, my door is always open for their return. Sometimes a plant lies dormant for a while and blooms in another season. Failure to flower is deeply disappointing, but it does not always mean the death of the plant. Once I prioritized my needs, redirected the core of my kindness, and started singing only into canyons that echo back, my relationships became something to celebrate. My friends, specifically the women in my life, want to know how I am doing and share their presence with me when they know it is needed. They make room for my needs as well as their own. Our frequent exchanges bring lightness, levity, and meaning to my everyday, and I am delighted to say that investing in reciprocal relationships changed the equation. Now, when a friend looks to me for shelter, what an honor. I sing wholeheartedly into that canyon, knowing I can count on them to do the same. Thank you so much for joining this week. As always, you may notice that you are getting audio essays from the past two weeks at once. Everyone loves a buy one, get one free deal. Um, I hope. So thanks for your patience. My life has been joyfully chaotic lately, and this was the thing that had to budge despite every hope and intention I have to keep this on a very regular and reliable schedule. This is a one-woman show with a little editing help from my husband, so here we are, and thanks for understanding. I hope you have a really good one this week, and take care out there. If you're enjoying this audio version of We're All Friends Here, your support would mean the world. You can give it five stars in your podcast app, forward an episode to a friend and ask them to subscribe, or sign up for weekly essays in your inbox at laurenmaxwell.substack.com.